As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world, and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, we review season three of the Who Would Win show, and what a season it was. We revisit the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Of course, I've got a lot to say about it, but before I do... Ray Stacanus, what are your thoughts about season three? My biggest thought about season three is that marching bands are expensive to hire. They are. They are. That, 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 you know, you may want to have uh, thought that through a little bit more. I did think it through. I thought through both the next to last battle of the season and the finale of the season. And when thinking through everything, I thought that I would win both episodes, thus causing me to hire a marching band twice. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. Uh, uh, unfortunate that the uh, the judging would let us all down at the end. Some of my favorite judges we've ever had in the history of the entire Who Would Win show. And somehow, on my birthday of all days, both judges let me down. Yes, every day is my birthday. You should know that. Okay, so of course, Ray Stacanus, you're referring to season three, how it was such a competitive season between both of us. Some, you know, one point you're up by a few episodes, one point I'm up by a few episodes, and then you stayed up for quite a while. And then the last two episodes, somehow I pulled off the win with really great judges, by the way, winning season three of Who Would Win. Now, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, who's up in terms of total season so far? I refuse. <laughs> Do you refuse, or is that math a little bit beyond I mean, where you're comfortable it, going? It, it could be anything. I These are numbers. I mean, nobody knows. That's true. They're crazy symbols on paper, as far as I'm concerned. So let me just illuminate this. So somehow, I'm up two seasons to one. I won season one, thankfully. But again, I kind of discount that one a little bit, because that was your first season of Who Would Win. You came on strong for season two and just kind of did a great job winning that. Season three... That was your proving grounds. It was kind of like the rubber match, if you will. It was a back and forth, back and forth. You took a really great lead. And again, somehow, some way, hashtag IMF, 
I pulled out the victory in the last two fights to win season three of Who Would Win, which makes me wonder how season four is going to go. What do you think is going to happen? What are the big surprises that you anticipate for season four race to Canis? Well, I mean, the biggest surprise I anticipate is you're probably going to win some matches uh, along the way. Truthfully, if, if judges were fair and honest, I would be 51-0 and 0 every single season of this show. So if you want to ask me, What's going to surprise me in season four? It'll be every single time a judge says your name, raises your hand, and declares victory for one James Gavsey. Is it really that surprising, Race to Canis? I mean, do you really discount my debating capability? You know, my ability to uh, send money in a white envelope to a judge before the show? You really think I can't do that that well? I know your tactics by now, and I'm frankly sick of them. You're going to have to start earning these eventually, James. I'm going to see to it. With a wrap-up show, you kind of need someone to kind of come in here and uh, officiate, to be the adult in the room. And we have so many people, so many great judges that have done that in the past. Uh, we were vetoed, though, because one person actually said, no, I'm doing this. It's my time because I said so. There's only one person who fits that bill making yet another appearance on the Hoodwin Show. It's the host of the Breakfast Podcast with Brent Pope. Yeah, I'm talking about that person. It's the executive VP of Who Would Win. It's the one and only Brent Pope. Brent, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you. I was so touched to get Ray's um, embossed wax envelope with his with his little stamp on it and the invitation inside, which I graciously accepted and uh, created myself to make Ray fill out for me to be on the show. Mm. So thank you. No, you know, I appreciated you giving me that form, telling me what to put on it, standing over me while I filled it out, and then putting it into an envelope. At the very least, you let me use my wax seal, which I have been waiting years. No one's ever needed it before. That excited me. The rest of it, I was okay with. You know, I got a great Christmas present finally from Ray Sicanis. So, Ray, I just want to say thank you. I, this amazing envelope with that embossed, uh, you know, stamp on it uh, came in, got me so excited. And then I opened the envelope and there was nothing in it. I called up Ray. I don't know if you remember it. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. where's the present? And you're like, you got it. So, my present was the embossed on- my envelope. My symbol, the almighty yeah. Ray symbol of power. I got it as a wax embosser. Why is no one impressed by this? This is some king stuff I'm talking about. I've been told L.A. County has, had, has got a problem with the recycling with the number of Ray Stacanus embossed envelopes that they're now collecting. Oh, I Ray, buy them by the say, hundreds. I buy a lot of them. Put something in them, like a little something, even a note. <sighs> something. Ray, we've talked it's about this. a lot this. of work. This is why you don't get invited to party? Okay, we'll talk about this later. Now, Brent, I was told you uh, you did some performance reviews for both Ray and myself and that you wanted to um, – what's the right, right way to say this? You wanted to give us some notes? So uh, what do you have to say about what we – I thought it was a really good season three, mind you, and I'm actually even talking about Ray Stekane. It's not just me. I thought season three was actually a great performance for both of us. Do you see that, or what are you thinking right now, Brent Pope? I, I saw a lot of things uh, during the last season. So I want to first, Ray, I haven't had a chance to congratulate you on your participation ribbon for season three of Who Would Win. <laughs> Congratulations. And James, on your uh, champion trophy. Um, I know season one, James won. Season two is kind of like the 1981 strike season of baseball. No one considers that a real World Series. Okay. Season three... Uh, James won again in a, in dominating fashion at the end. He won everyone at the end. Um, wiped the floor with Ray and congratulations to both of you. But I would say, James, yeah. One thing I would like you to work on is uh, if you could teach Ray how to finish. You know, because he knew how to start the season and have the lead, but then just let it all slip away at the end. I know that you, James, as an MMA type fighter. You know when the, it's finishing time. You know how to finish. You don't just like have the guy and they're ready to finish and then just let them go. Oh, no, say, you're like, going for the kill. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't You don't turn around and say, hey, put the triangle choke on me. Right? It seems like that's what Ray is. So if you could just teach Ray that one thing, which I know is a big thing, and maybe he just doesn't have the killer instinct or the want or the need to win. Mm, we yeah. need Ray to have that. So I need you to work on that with Ray for the next season. You're the boss. 
Done. Done and done. I will help Ray understand when to go in for the kill. This is Thank nonsense. You. I go in for the kill with every word I speak. You go in for the maim. I mean, that's pretty good, though. Maiming. Like, that's a good way to, you know, win. As I said it, I was like, yeah, that was, that is pretty good. Yeah, if you could maim them, even, I mean. Yeah, in, in the rules of who would win, maiming is pretty strong. <laughs> if you can maim them for two minutes, you're good. That's right. That That's pretty good. Okay, so, you know, season three had some incredible moments. Uh, Brent Pope, I'm sure you'd agree with this. You know, we had some incredible judges, yourself, for example, amongst many others. We had some memorable decisions, and most importantly, some amazing episodes, which is really, at the end of the day, what we want for the Legion of Audience, our fan base. So let's go down the list and see what both the fans, Ray and myself and Brent Pope, you know, thought of season three in a few different categories. So, you know, one thing I really love about season three is that we saw the introduction of the official Who Would Win fight trailers. And of course, that's made by the genius mind of uh, Matthew Dawson. And we've seen so many good ones. I think he's given us well over 30 of them. So, Ray, out of all of the season's fight trailers, which one was your favorite? There are, there, honestly, like he has done an excellent job with it. I will say, when he first started making them, I was a little shaky on the concept. I remember. And I was just, I don't know if this is going to come together. I don't know if this is going to be another one of these situations where the fans do something for us, uh, about us, and it just doesn't hit with me personally. Not that that happens very often, because if you put my name on nearly anything, I'm probably going to think it's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But uh, there is there are a few different trailers that stand out. One would be the Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate. You oh, just have one. two very interesting characters with a lot of different exciting visuals to work with. And I thought Matthew brought that together. But the one that really impressed me the most was NFL Super Pro versus <laughs> Bubba Fett. And that's because usually he has live action. He has animated things with which to pull. But here all he had was 12 issues of the NFL Super Pro comic. And he somehow made it work. And that was honestly the trailer, the first one that I saw that I was like, I think he's going to be okay. I think he, he will find all the skills and all on all of the uh, attention to detail needed to make this work. And wow, he has done an excellent job, an excellent job since then putting these together. You know, I remember that one, Matthew Dawson, when we, when I, you know, we, we sent him the, Hey, here are the two people, uh, you know, fighting it out on this week's episode. And after I had to explain many times, you know, who that was, uh, to Bubba him. Fett is a very famous star Wars character, James. No, I was talking about race to Canis. Oh, fair. so, uh, yeah, once he figured out who was fighting, he's like, let me see what I can do. And I'm like, Oh, here's your first test. And he did a great job with it. Now the trailer I love the most was uh, Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo. You know what? That was a legit one as well, I will say. That, it was so great because if you go back, and all these, uh, all of his trailers, by the way, are available on our Facebook page. Just look up Who Would Win on Facebook. Check them all out. They're fantastic. They're about a minute long each. Really, really fun to watch. What he did there is he just edited it so beautifully that it actually looked like an episode of an animated series where Twilight Lobo was really facing did. off against Lobo flying at her on his you know speed, his uh, space spike it was really really well done a lot of Plus, good thinking I, went into it yeah i just think that was such a great matchup overall so with that being said we asked the fans for their feedback and we said what were your picks for the top fight trailers and the top ones that we kind of chose one day was catwoman versus Ezio from assassin's creed very good one juggernaut versus scott pilgrim because why not that was fun, great fun. thanos versus dark side great premiere matchup twilight sparkle versus lobo got a lot of votes too but the winner was something completely different Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know what? Now that you mention it, and I honestly had forgotten about that one leading into this year in review. Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo. The, honestly, the, I will say it again, what you just said, but the way he cut that together and the way he used the clips in conjunction with each other, I legit thought there was a lost episode of Twilight Sparkle fighting for My Little Pony fighting Lobo somewhere <laughs> out there and all he did was just pull it and just drop it, you know, uh, control C, control V that. But it turns out he cut it together himself. Great job. This was uh, uh, something I showed some other friends of mine who are producers as well and, you know, I said, so what's going on with who would win? What kind of crazy stuff are you guys doing? And I said, you have no idea. Check this out. And the first thing they said, like, oh, that's so hilarious. And they're like, yeah, but who won? 
This is crazy. Like, is she really that powerful? Yeah, it totally brought people in. Listen, hire Matt, Matthew Dawson if you need to uh, have something made. He is awesome. Hit him up on Twitter and what have you. Uh, Matthew Dawson, just thank you from the Who Would Win show for everything you do and being so amazing. And every week just bringing some magic to uh, you know what we do with Who Would Win. Now, moving on. We've had a lot of surprising decisions this past season oh, three. Boy, have we? Yeah, a lot of just for the fans to know. Sometimes we get a decision, and maybe they favor Ray, and Ray's you know Ray's like, well, oh, oh, I won, fantastic. Or they, you know, I get a decision, and even I'm like, are you sure? Ray's arguments were pretty good. I don't know if what you're saying is happening. I don't want to give any more details about that because our judges are fantastic. Ray, what to you was the most surprising decision of season three? There was one decision in Uh-oh. all of season three. And when you lose a season by one bleeping episode yep. and you have one decision that you find to be so abysmal, so lacking in any context whatsoever, and I hate to throw judges under the bus. That's why I throw them under the subway train instead. <laughs> I will say the judge who shall not be named. Here we go. Of Solomon Grundy versus 11. <laughs> one of the most painful, <laughs> painful decisions I've ever sat apart. I ripped 11 to pieces with Solomon Grundy for point A, point B, point C, or one, two, and three if you're European. And Solomon Grundy flat out won that fight 10 ways to Sunday only to have the judge in his infinite wisdom decide that suddenly, despite the fact that James never made that point, that she was going to lift him up in the air telekinetically, open a portal behind him with minimal difficulty and shove him through the portal, closing it behind him to win that battle. A point that James never made. Judge, you lost me on that one. Literally, you lost me the season on that battle. You're saying those are the points I didn't make about Eleven, the character who um, I, I stated uh, no, uses you telekinesis that Eleven can to open, lift people and can no, open portals. Your telekinesis point was fine, but oh, the opening okay. portals and closing portals and throwing thing people into portals, that's where it got a heck of a lot sketch, considering it, was ta- it took her an extended period of time with all of her effort, bloody nose and all, over an extended period of time to close portals and even open them for that matter. The way he described it is not how anything would actually happen. All I ask is if you're going to be a judge on the Who Would Win show, listen to the points that are made and put them together logically. It's not that hard, but it's seemingly that hard. It was definitely an interesting uh, decision, and it was a decision, Ray, if you remember, I I was kind of like silent for a second. Thinking like uh, I'm, I'm not sure what you're saying is is. Uh, you can something. tell the truth to the people at home, James. After the fight was over and we were back in the boardroom, you flat out told me the wrong decision was made in that battle. I said I questioned that decision. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it was I wrong. I can read between the lines. <laughs> I agree with you if you take out the words between the lines. Ray, I thought that I was listening to that one. I was very interesting show and. Yes, the judge did kind of make a point that you guys did not explicitly make and made that the deciding factor. I've seen Stranger Things, Ray. I've seen Stranger Things happen uh, than that. But uh, I thought, yes, they did make that point. That doesn't mean you didn't lose the, the, the battle anyway. And they just not, they just not give the... James argued beautifully that episode. I sure, um, I sure did. I sure did. Yeah. It, it was intoxicating. Can I say that? It was intoxicating the way James argued. Ray, that was a tough... I'll, I'll say this. That was a really tough one for you. And Solomon Grundy, I mean, maybe deserved better, but I could still see it going either way. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So I wonder, I wonder if you guys agree with me on this. The matchup that I found the most surprising in terms of a decision was our most recent one, Santa Claus versus Galactus. That Look, one, yeah, I, I, I happened to get the win. Toughie. That was that a real was, I'm going to tell you right now, though, I underst- at least in that particular battle, while I did not agree with the decision, at least the judge, L. Newlands, one of, uh, uh, Horizon from Apex Legends, a true master of her craft, she at least 
made sense. She followed a narrative and a through line that was based on the points that we made. At the end of the day, if I'm going to lose a battle, which should never happen, obviously, but if I'm going to lose a battle, at least it should be due to the points that are made on the show and the judge compiling them incorrectly. I'll take that any day over making stuff up. I didn't listen to anything you just said. Here's the deal. It was a crazy matchup when the Who Would Win production team called me up and said, hey, you're repping Santa. I'm like, fantastic. Who's going down? They said, oh, it's Galactus. And I'm like, wait, what? And I had to kind of pull some crazy stuff out that I thought would work. What really made, you know, surprising by the decision wasn't the win, but what L. Newland said was the reason for the win. I, I thought it came up with some different things when she said, well, the fact that Santa Claus could talk Galactus down from the fight, you know, after they'd already engaged in battle, they're going back and forth, and Santa Claus has this calming effect. He's known for that, and they can actually talk Galactus down. And there's actually some comic book examples out there of people doing that to Galactus. So after the show, Ray, I wanted to kind of reveal this. So we talked with Elle a little bit, and I said, That's, this is interesting. You're revealing a little bit about yourself. You've been involved in some, you know, rough and tumble type of stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm from Glasgow, and I've seen people during fights get talked out, like, while they're fighting. And then as they're fighting, they're saying stuff to each other, and one person can actually talk or intoxicating mind fog the other person out of the fight that's where she was drawing this from it wasn't just like santa claus shows up and says hey galactus you shouldn't fight and galactus like yeah you're right santa claus you win it wasn't that at all it was after a prolonged battle and then santa's like you really want to keep doing this you think you're going to come out ahead because you're not it was a true Glasgow kind of street fighting moment, which totally made sense. No, and, and to be fair, Galactus will only listen to a mortal if he finds them to be of significance. And it is hard to argue that Santa Claus is an insignificant character. I do believe that he's somebody that Galactus would at least listen to a little bit. That one, while it ended the season for me, and obviously broke my heart forever when I was in the catbird seat with the superior character, obviously... That one didn't upset me as much as some other battles did. Delvin <laughs> Cox. That's fair. I, th- I thought the Santa Claus one, too, you know, she didn't specifically say, because you had also said, Ray, that Galactus would not stop fighting unless he was offered another That's correct. planet or something. But I do believe Santa might have said, hey, I got a bunch of coal over here. It's fuel. And then, you, you know, I'll take the coal. Most people would not want the coal at Christmas time. Galactus loved the coal. If he took half the amount of coal that he gives race to Canis, that would feed Galactus for like, you know, centuries. So I do agree with that. <laughs> I will say now, there is one actual avenue that I'm glad you didn't take that mm. I found out about. And that's that in one of the Marvel Comics Twinkie ads, of which there were several uh, and they were bizarre. <laughs> but in one of them, Galactus made an appearance. And what the scientists, I forget who it was, Reed Richards, maybe one of the people in Marvel made a, a, a Twinkie that was so big <laughs> that Galactus ate it and was satisfied and left the Earth alone. And the machine would constantly create planet-sized Twinkies, if I remember this correctly, that Galactus could snack on. Now, you could make the argument, if that worked on Galactus there, that Santa Claus could conjure out of his big bag a planet-sized Twinkie to feed him instead. <laughs> I was never going to bring it up on the show, but my goodness, that was the only way I thought I was going to lose. So when you didn't make that point, I can't believe I lost is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Listen, I do a ton of research on these characters. I can't believe I didn't find that Twinkie ad. That totally would not have been anything I would have used for the... It's your mistake. It's your I loss. know. Twinkies, by the way, are fantastic. Win. Thank Ray, you. You would have lost your mind if he used that argument. <laughs> <laughs> I can you imagine? Confirm nor deny. How dare you, James Gabsy, <laughs> use such a great trap That is and an snack. ad! In a comic book, it is not canon. It such is a Twinkie n- ad for Hostess. Such nonsense. When I got kicked out of Detroit for the fifth time, they all ate Twinkies to celebrate me leaving their city. And then all the Twinkies, I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, let's talk about what the fans thought was the most surprising uh, episode and a surprising decision, I should say. So they mentioned Ash Ketchum beating Ultron. That, that was, was pretty surprising. Yeah, Dark Side losing to Thanos. That was a great decision. Interesting. Poison Ivy beating Bumblebee. 
No, that one made a lot of sense. You just have to actually listen to the episode sometimes and not pre oftentimes we'll see this right here. We get a lot of people on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, Instagram. I don't know. Are you on TikTok TikTok doing dances now, James? I don't even know. I assume so. We get these people (laughs) who see these matchups and many of them are uncreative. Many of them just, you know, have no idea what they're talking about. They think something on a very baseline level. They check one internet page and then have decided before any arguments are even made who must win the battle every single time. And it's frankly tiring and embarrassing. The points that were made in the Poison Ivy versus Bumblebee episode, most notably the pheromone argument, I flat out believe Poison Ivy dominates Bumblebee as she did in that episode. You gotta actually listen to the show, people. You gotta listen and not pre-decide who's gonna win. You know what robots get affected by all the time? You know, breathing in air with pheromones. I mean, if that was... What a trope. What a trope. It's just crazy. Again, the the, the argument was flawless. Without the less. Uh, Much like the the destiny argument in Ash Ketchum versus Pokemon, or I'm sorry, Ash Ketchum versus Ultron. (laughs) The destiny argument was brilliant, Kevin Israel. I'm not hearing your slander. That was brilliant. You know what else was brilliant? Highlander. Fantastic movie, Race to Canis. Terrible movie. The winner, what the fans thought was the winner in terms of the most surprising decision of season three, oddly enough, was Ash Ketchum beating Ultron. Yeah, that was a real surprise one. If you would have told me going in that that was what would have happened, I would not have believed you. I did not really believe that you would attempt the Mewtwo attack yeah. that you did. It was it was a real, it was maybe the biggest sandbag in who would win history. <laughs> it so you was. unleash Mewtwo in only point number three, only giving me a small window to debate against it when I did not really plan for it or expect it to come. It was a legitimate strategy. You were still wrong, and Ultron should have won, but that's beside the point. You know, what do you do against a being that can literally, like, conquer a galaxy using tech and, you know, whatever? I mean, can take out Thor and what have you. You gotta you gotta come up with a crazy strategy, which was my only chance. Now, speaking about crazy stuff, we had some interesting talks within the Hoodwin production team and amongst our fan base, the Legion of Audience as well. And what people are asking right now is that, you know, should we add another rule? We've already got six, yes. you know, but it's like Jello. We have room for more. We need and more rules. We definitely need more rules. And people are asking, should we add a rule that states that these two people or these two entities that are fighting cannot be talked out of fighting? Yes. I'll say it right now, and I'll say it a thousand more times. This is the Who Would Win show, where we postulate a fictional battle between characters from sci-fi, comics, animation, video games, and all of the above. The entire premise that one character can be talked into walking away is outrageous (laughs) for a show like this. Very unsatisfying, very nonsense-filled, and I would not want that on anybody. I agree with the people who vote yes to that. Brent Pope, executive VP of Who Would Win, what are your thoughts on this matter? I mean, I guess what I immediately think is, if what if Professor X was in a battle? He wouldn't be allowed to use a psychic attack, exactly. which is to talk somebody down. I mean, that would be his only real way of winning a battle. That's right, telepaths. That's exactly right, where they have to use that kind of influence through telepathy to talk someone down or shut down their ability to fight. That Ray, how do you respond to that? But that's still a fight. If Professor Xavier is attacking you telepathically, that's still a fight. That's a mind war, which is completely legitimate, especially in the pages of Marvel Comics. That stuff happens all the time. That at least is a confrontation. It's not two people pre-fight and then one says hey go over there and the other one goes okay that's not really what this show is all about i believe that the entire concept of that should be stricken as impossible well here's the question then so if a character in their history has had say two or more instances of being talked out of a fight or having talking someone out of a fight does that count as part of their either offensive capability or as a weakness I would argue no. It should not be counted as all because what that character is doing very intelligently and very plot-based, quite honestly, most of the time, is avoiding a fight against somebody they cannot defeat. But this is not the who would talk the other out of fighting show. This is the who would win show. And the entire first point is who would win in a fight in a neutral location with no knowledge of the other character. 
anything involving preventing a fight from happening should be disallowed. I would love to think that people are with me on this. It sounds like you're a little salty when you have lost to me using that tactic. Is that correct? Like if you would use that, that is a tactic. season one tactic, James. We're in season four. We're over it. We've grown as a show. We used it in season three and season two. Okay, let's leave that one to the Legion of Audience and see what they have to say. Should we add another rule where we simply say, hey, you cannot be talked out of fighting and you can't talk someone out of it? If the, if is that a rule? If you find that to be unsatisfying conclusion to an episode, as I do, hit us up. Twitter, hit us up. Facebook, hit us up. Instagram, hit us up in a comment to one of James's TikTok dances. I want to see all of the above. yes. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We will take those into consideration as well. We'll put a poll up on the Twitter page that will last an extended period of time. We want to hear from you. I want it, and I think you do too. Let us know. That's fair. Is Ray talking about – are you talking about just at the beginning of the match? Like, Because I could see a battle where they go for a long time, and then they just kind of agree that like – because it happens in the comic books all the time, right, where these guys fight, and then they agree we're going to be – and one of them leaves or one of them doesn't leave. But or that is an together. effective draw, though, isn't it, Brent Pope? When we don't yeah. do ties on the who would win. Right. So but we I'm need saying a winner. So, somebody could convince you at the end of a long battle because one guy's I'm, I'm wearing you down. Obviously, this is not going to end well for you. If you leave now, I won't kill you. Right. Like Captain America uses that tactic. Where he's like, hey, I, you know, son, you need to stand down. And well, he's actually convinced people to stand down after he's given them a beating. Very famously, Captain America and Batman in the Bingo. Avengers Justice League crossover fought, understood what was happening. They both just stopped and looked at each other and be like, we can do this for like 40 more hours or we could figure some stuff out. Which is fine. That's a plot point, though, and not an actual ending to a fight, which is what we're trying to achieve nominally with this program. Program. I like it. All right, so that's up for debate. Let's uh, let's have the Legion of Audience kind of chip in. Chip, is it chipping or chirping? Chirping? I don't know. Let's on, have Twitter, le- it, on Twitter, it's chirping, but the rest is chipping. Okay, so and I you, would even argue fire up chips. Yeah, I would say chirpendales. I I don't understand your English ways. Sometimes you English speaking people, your expressions throw me. Someday I'll master your language. Would you but say, not today. James, that it has a little je ne sais quoi? I would not. C'est pas le temps maintenant, Restekanos, pour parler français avec moi. I don't do ballet. <laughs> you stop it. That was a long time ago. I saw the video. It was great. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, moving on. You know, we've had insanely amazing judges. You know, uh, what's interesting is, you know, the the caliber of the judges, you know, the celebrity status, the voiceover actors, the amazing Brent Popes, if you will, of the world are now coming onto the Who Would Win show and asking to come onto the show because 
we're now actually something important. It's pretty cool. We went from just being a podcast and now we're significant, so I am told. So with that being said, we've had some great judges. Ray, I'm sure you've loved them all in their own way. Man. And uh, you know, who are your favorite? Give me your top, some of your top judges for season three. I'll tell you who's not my favorite judge, Delvin Cox. Uh-oh. The idea that we'd ever have that man on the show again, frankly, enrages me. I'd rather have Dan Campbell as my NFL head coach than Delvin Cox as my judge on the Who Would Win show. I'm just saying. No, obviously, Brent Pope is the greatest judge, maybe that we had in season three, single-mindedly due to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the Russian Guardians episode that we did. Maybe the highlight of season three outside of NFL Super Pro for me, we could talk about that a little bit later, but we did have some very, very wonderful judges. We did internal poll with all of the internal people that work on the guts. Am I allowed to talk about this on who would win show? And we rated all of the judges that we had in season three on a scale of one to five stars and then compiled all the results. And some of the best judges that we had, according to the people, Roger Craig Smith. Now, Roger Craig Smith is a voice acting legend. I can't believe we got him for the uh, summer of Apex Legends that we did on the show. I'd love to have him back again. And this is me talking about a judge who gave me the loss. And so I can hope you can appreciate what that means to me. Uh, Having him on the show and again, J.B. Blanc. Uh, who uh, the Dom Toretto versus Black Widow. How do we give such a proper English gentleman the Dom Toretto Fast and Furious (laughs) fight? I don't know, but that's also one of my favorite episodes of the last season. Uh, uh, We have had some amazing guests. David Sobolov, you know, the voice Gorilla Grodd came on the show and just gave a dominating performance, even though I completely, completely disagree with his decision. I'm seeing a trend. I at least understood where he was coming from. So what I'm trying to say is, if you're anybody who's anybody in this town, this town being Los Angeles, you probably got to come on the Who Would Win show to prove your street cred at a certain point. Look, that's that's absolutely correct. You know, Brent Pope kind of stands heads and tails above, head and shoulders above everybody. That's a thing. We got I agree. that. Yeah, we, of course. And James, I would ask the question: Did we say it enough times to fulfill our contractual obligation? Uh, we have another twenty-four times. Thank you. Be a long Look, episode. it's going to be a thing. I said very humbly, I, kn- I know everyone's going to vote for me as the best judge. Please take me out of the equation. I don't like to be the center of attention. Uh, I'm very humble. And uh, please just don't do that. I don't want, I want, let's have somebody else have some glory. I've had so much glory. So, so, so much. So, so much. much. So much glory. You've had all the glory, all of it. All uh, the glory. Okay, well, outside of Brent Pope, um, I agree with you, you know, Ray, that we had some just incredible judges for for many different reasons. Uh, a couple that stand out, of course, Roger Craig Smith, because he was fantastic. Also, on that episode, if you recall, he called me Batman while in character as Captain America. Kind of great. You're, you're not going to get anything. I'm like, I literally, but I just, I had nothing to say. He said Ray is right as Mirage. What more do I want out of life? It's, 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 that's it. We, we've accomplished life. We have accomplished life. We've won at life. We can not do anything for the rest of our lives, and we're still way ahead of the I'm world good. population. I won. You are officially Batman, James. Uh, I mean, officially now. By right? by the the one of the main characters in Marvel. The, you know what I found funny is that Ray, other than the he said that he liked my judging, all the other judges that he said he liked, they all made him lose. He lost to all. So I don't want to say anything, but yeah, James is saying what, what what Ray is saying is that good judges don't like Ray. I mean, wow. you could just you could just take out the word good. And you could replace judges with everyone, and it's a fair show. <laughs> it's what it is. Listen, we also uh, had Frank Tadaro on, who was absolutely incredible. Well, he's and a superstar. He, he is a superstar. The only issue I had was like uh, Starscream kept uh, interrupting that episode and jumping on, and we had to talk. That was fun, though. He's a, he's a good guy. All right, now we went to the fans and asked, who were your favorite judges? And here's who they said. So they, again, loved Frank Tadaro. They loved Roger Craig Smith. Uh, L. Newlands, uh, Robert Clark Chan, Delvin Cox, Crystal what? Storm. Yeah, you Crystal- people are insane. That's fair. Uh, Crystal Storm got mentioned a lot, and by a lot, it was uh, uh, her herself who mentioned her quite a bit. But I, I agree. I think she was a great judge. And, of course, Brent Pope. But the winner, the person that the fans really, really aligned themselves with and really thought this person epitomized, other than Brent Pope, 
what a judge is supposed to be for the Who Would Win show. You'll never guess who this is, Ray. It's, it's kind of from left field. It's um, Delvin Cox. Get out of here. Delvin Cox. Nonsense. The fan favorite judge of the Who Would Win show. I'm putting that in perspective against Crystal Storm, Frank Dodaro, Roger Craig Smith, L. Newlands, Didn't Dave even Solo. mention Adam MacArthur, who Adam did an MacArthur, Adam job. Mac- I know, and Adam MacArthur's awesome. Great guy. Uh, doing a really cool project that hopefully we can talk about soon. I mean, just some amazing judges out there. And Delvin Cox. Delvin Cox. According the to the fans, who, the was the judge of the year. The one who screwed up Vision versus Samus. Please, please, Delvin Cox, if you can hear my voice, and I know you listen to everything I do. Here we go. Delvin Cox, I have a personal message for you. Stay off the Who Would Win show in season four. We don't need it. I'm in control of this board now. I don't care that James is here. I don't care that Brent Pope is here. I don't care there's at least five or six shadowy figures from the boardroom currently involved in this production right now for this board meeting review of season three. I guarantee Delvin Cox will not be on season four of the Who Would Win show. Brent Pope, you thinking like Delvin for like maybe February or so? Yeah, I think uh, as early as possible. And I don't understand why Ray does not enjoy the Delvin Cox experience. Hmm, a double, <laughs> a double entendre, if you will. Delvin Cox obviously is a fabulous judge. Ray's allowed to have his opinions. Is he though? And but yeah, but not. You know, Delvin Cox is a a, a national treasure, a, a legitimate genius. I believe his IQ is in the two sixties, and just uh, you know, an amazing human being. So. Um, Hashtag Ray is wrong on this one. I'm just going to put it out there. Delvin, we want you back on the show. The fans have spoken. They like Delvin Cox, as well as all of of our other judges. It's all good. We're about to find out how much power I have in the boardroom. (laughs) (laughs) That shouldn't be met with laughter, Ray. I apologize. Um, I did not mean to laugh at you, Ray, uh, with my mic on. Oh. Yeah, you heard that. All right. Now, we've had a lot of interesting characters. And what the Who Would Win show is really starting to gain its reputation is our matchups. You know, in terms of ideal, crazy, never-before-seen matchups that yet somehow at the end of the day make a lot of sense. Look, you've got your epic rap battles, which are fantastic. You've got your um, screw attack death battles. Love those. Absolutely love those. Definitely go out and watch those. Uh, Superpowered beatdown, fantastic, and a lot of other great alternatives as well. But what makes the Who Would Win show a little bit different is that we really take these matchups to another level. We really say, who would this person never battle ever? And, you know, it's like saying Superman versus Goku, we get it. But a Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo, that's something that's unheard of. So, you know, Ray, before we kind of see what the fans wanted, what are some of the, uh, you know, characters that you'd want to see for season four that we've never seen before? Well, look, I still can't believe that the boardroom convinced me to rip to rap Drist to Erden on this show after <laughs> years and years of being annoyed by him being suggested every single week. Folks at home, I appreciate all the suggestions. I appreciate that we go through every suggestion in the boardroom, regardless of how terrible they are. We at least mention the name. That is not an excuse. That is not an excuse to ask for the same three or four characters every single week, regardless of matchups, regardless of if the battle even makes sense on any particular level. That's how you get annoying. That's how you make sure those characters are never seen on the show. That being said, sometimes one of those characters will slide through, the matchup will be perfect, and you end up with a Spider-Man 2099 versus Drista Erden, an episode I'm shockingly proud of, given how anti-Drist I've been for so many years. What I'm trying to say through all of this is, anything is possible in season four. You will likely see characters that you will not be expected to ever see. But I will say... There is one particular character that's annoying me. Uh And there's one particular character that's being asked for too much in bad situations. And there is one particular character I guarantee you will not see in season four of Who Would Win. And that is Samurai Jack. A character nobody cares about. (sighs) A character nobody really wants to see. A character that's become a meme in his own right. 
that if we ever did them on the show, I guarantee nobody would listen. So James, I'm going to put this challenge out to you because you keep mentioning him in the boardroom as a character you'd like to see on the show. It actually, he actually made it to the final three choices in one of the most recent episodes of the last, say, two months, he got dangerously close to getting on the show, and I shut it down in the room and said, take him off the board right now. So I offer you this challenge right now. Okay. If you can do the thing that you've never done in Who Would Win Show History, if James Gavsey can win four episodes in a row in season four, we will do Samurai Jack within 30 days of that accomplishment. I'm actually up for that challenge, but we got to ask the person in charge, Brent Pope, what say you about this uh, Samurai Jack challenge? I think that's a fabulous idea. James, you win four in a row. We do Samurai Jack. I also, Ray, you might want to start reading all six of the Frank Herbert Dune books based on the the, the movie being very good, uh, all 8,000 pages of those six books, because oh, no. we're going to have to do either Duncan Idaho or Paul Atreides. And uh, Ray's going to have to read all those books, too. Uh, I, James, I know you probably read all of them already, so I don't want you to have to read them again. I appreciate it that. It makes thank more you. sense for Ray to read them all. I'm for, very busy. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so get started on that, Ray. That's your, Paul, that's your homework. I don't have a lot in my contract, but one thing that you will see expressed in very big letters in the almighty Ray who would win contract, don't ask me to read anything. You know, Brent, there are three things. To, let me just really explain this, uh, Ray, to kind of help you out with this. There are three things in Ray's contract that he stipulated have to be in there before he signs it. Number one, no reading. That's yep. the thing. Like, no, no reading. reading. Number read. Yeah, number two, brushing brushing teeth. Not not an option Optional. for Ray Sikana. Yes, yeah, if he wants to. And I don't even know what he's going to brush it with. Possibly a chocolate bar. I have no idea. And rule number three, that he, he absolutely, absolutely does not have to take a shower on a regular basis. Ray? I would just say this to you. I am altering our deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Oh, dear. That's even scarier than when my dad said, or Darth Vader said it. Sorry. Well, I just wet him, so I guess there's the shower. (laughs) All right. You know, that was, this has been a great thing. Ray, all I asked you was, what character do you want to see in season four? And uh, I did enjoy that five minutes of rambling. There's one. You're going to get it regardless, James. You ask me any question, you should expect at minimum five minutes of rambling. That's right. My point is there's one character from one of the greatest movies of all time that I don't think is big enough, I don't think is popular enough to carry his own Who Would Win show. And this is the guy who got NFL Super Pro on the show talking, all right? The one character I would love to see in season four is from the 1995 Denzel Washington-led cinematic opus known as Virtuosity, one of my favorite movies of all time. That would be Russell Crowe's second United States performance since he came over, first one being The Quick and the Dead, the Great Western. He played a character named Sid, 6.7, one of my favorite villains in cinematic history. I don't know if it's big enough for the show, but if you're going to ask me who I would love to see in season four, it is Sid, 6.7. Maybe he could even beat... Samurai Jack? No. Sorry. Okay, interesting. I, too, can pull out weird, obscure villains from the 90s, possibly. But I won't, because the character I want to see in season four is Batman. However, the version of Batman I'm referring to is the classic Batman from the 90s animated series that Kevin Conroy voiced impeccably, might I say. He's still my Batman. That's the version of Batman I want to see in season four. Given that Batman's been on the show, what, six different times in different iterations? Sure. The odds in three seasons, the odds of getting a new Batman on the show are probably pretty high. That's like saying, boy, I hope I can win one or two this season. Fair. Which for you, obviously, would be, you know, crazy. That's crazy. But, you know, for me, eh, that goes without saying. That's true. All right. Well, we went to the fans. We said, hey, what characters do you want to see in season four? And here's what some of you uh, brought up. Uh, Bayonetta. Actually, really interesting choice right there. I would yeah. love that character, yeah. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. It's actually on the list. It's on the list. It's right on now. the list. Yes. Lex Luthor. I've suggested Lex Luthor in the past for some battles and, and was shot down by the team. They don't think Lex Luthor would be good on the show. 
I think we got to prove him wrong on that. No, you suggested that you are Lex Luthor. Yes, I and am people Lex said, Luthor. No, and you're I not. Let myself on the show. Right. It was a little slightly thing. I do think that that you know Lex Luthor is a, a great character of the show. Deku from My Hero Academia, my favorite Nobody character. Wants that. I think Nobody everyone wants, wants that. C-list anime characters. Get out of here. That's true. That's why we want Deku and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, who's coming out with a series. I, I think. almost guarantee he's going to be on the show. I'd this say year. that's a high likelihood as well. But Probably the winner, soon. the winner, the the character that people voice their opinion on the most to appear in season four. This again, out of left field. Who would have saw this coming? It's uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah, yeah. That's three loud people all all taking the bait from each other. James, yep. if you want to see this character on this show, you know what you have to do this season, and I don't think you can. <sighs> Race to Canis. Not only can I, I will. It's going to happen. I guarantee it. There you go. I made a guarantee. Remember um, Red Hulk versus Homelander? And How I said, I'm I calling it that debacle. That's right. I called it at the beginning of the episode. I said, I'm calling it Red Hulk's winning. I'm calling four wins in a row so that Samurai Jack is getting on the Who Would Win show. I'm calling it right now. Stay tuned. Have fun with that. Sponsors, you may want to jump on this train, send some advertising away because those episodes are going to be fantastic. All right. Now, this is a really important one. We have, again, I can't talk about how great our fan base is. The Legion of Audience has grown and grown and grown, become more and more vocal. Now you're involved with the show. Just great things happen happening and this is where the who would win production team race against myself brent pope amongst many others we said who are the fans who are the best fans who's the fan of the year for season three so race against do you have a personal favorite man there are so many great fans of this show of course there's a lot of morons as well and i've expressed my feelings towards them i will say every single fan and i can name a couple off the top i had bjorn lord snurts anybody who went on the gutting the sacred cow podcast webpage gave them a five-star review and asked them to hashtag release the ray cut to get my highlander episode free free rays highlander episode release the ray cut all of those people are the realest of our fans and are at the top of my board because they did something I actually wanted them to do. Got it. So they're, you like the fans as long as they do something great for you. It's actually a term I'm, I'm going to involve for this year. I would like to refer to them as the sycophants. So the team actually thought long and hard about this. I've got a few personal favorites, but I kind of want to jump to what the the you know the Who Would Win production team had to say. Now, of course, Lord Snurts and Bjorn, amazing fans of the show. Uh, we love Guama, by the way. Guama's fantastic. She's got her own podcast, The Ray is Right Show. I mean, uh, here's the deal. I mean, I'm not going to ever diss Guama as one of my favorite fans of all time. She literally does a podcast called The Ray is Right Show that involves bizarre fan fiction. Like, what if Ray and James were on The Bachelor? And and quite honestly, I'm here for this content. That was a great episode. Who got the first rose in that episode, Ray? Uh, who can remember? Yeah, I can. It was me. Now, uh, you know, it's, again, lots of great people. We've got Matthew Dawson, who creates these amazing trailers for us. He's been a great supporter and fan of the show. Now he's part of the family. Uh, Jim and Grotta, of course. Uh, Travis Jackson, to name a few. But, you know, the team got together, and there's one person who really stood out this season. And the winner of the fan of the year for two thousand for season three, I should say, is Gabe Ingrata. That's right. Jim Ingrata's son. Gabe Ingrata, who's a true genius, gives great input, talks about who he thinks should be fighting in the show, uh, then gives great commentary about who, you know, one, whether he agrees or doesn't agree. And by the way, the whole family, the whole Ingrata family listens to the Who Would Win show. We love him so much. Uh, Gabe, you know, I've said this before jokingly, but I'm not joking this time. Keep an eye on Gabe. He's going to be a billionaire superhero world leader that discovers uh, time travel, you know, or or something even better than that. I have no idea. Congrats, Gabe. We're going to send you a Who Would Win t-shirt just to say thank you for being so amazing and a great fan. And uh, we can't wait to see uh, your input and how you interact with us for season four. There are a whole litany of Ray is Right t-shirts on the Who Would Win merch store. Gabe, I'm a big fan of yours because I know you wear your officially licensed Ray is Right t-shirt while listening to the show. And we think, I think... You deserve a Ray is Right branded t-shirt. And we're going to hook you up with that. James, pay for that. Yeah, you can get a Ray is Right shirt or you can get a good shirt. 
uh, of your choice. You know, whichever shirt you want, we'll talk. We'll figure this out. Get a great shirt that you want that you'll be proud to wear outside. And, you know, if you have something that, you know, you're cold at night and, you know, it, you don't mind if, like, the dog sleeps on or something, there, we have plenty. We have an overabundance of Ray's Right shirts. Feel free to get one or five of them or pay regular price for a normal shirt. Whatever you want to do, we're good. But we'll definitely send you a T-shirt. Thank you again for being such a great fan. Now, one of our last episodes, this is actually the last category, and this is really cool. We got to talk about everyone's favorite match of season Three. Wow. Yeah, wow, this wow, is the wow. big one. Now, before you and I talk about this, Brett Pope, you've been kind of watching what's been happening. You tell us, what was your favorite episode of season three? Okay, I'm I'm going to sound really biased right now because it was one of my episodes. But I did think that the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the Guardians was just such an interesting argument from both of you. And, you know... One of those things where Ray had very little stuff to work with for them, and it was like kind of a weird, I guess, known but kind of not known movie. So I just found it fascinating. I think that's my favorite one. Uh, also, the Solomon Grundy versus Eleven. I mean, that was a great matchup. <laughs> <laughs> that was regardless of what happened at the end. That was a great matchup. It was very interesting. You know, I remember the uh, Guardians versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, matchup really well because I was recovering from my second COVID shot uh, or vaccine shot, I should say. And on my day that I took off, you know, which I rarely do, and I said, hey, let me just watch, you know, Guardians to kind of catch up and prepare for this. And I watched it and I remember thinking, wow, like <laughs> this, the the recovery from COVID, the, the COVID vaccine, the Moderna vaccine was the high point of my day. After watching The Guardians, I felt How sicker. How dare you? It was so that bad. That is a cinematic masterpiece. Would not be what any film critic, again, 10 out of 10 film critics when reviewing The Guard- the Guardians movie all agreed that this is a movie. That was it. Dozens of that people saw act. it. It was one of the worst movies. There were some cool elements. I'm not going to disagree. There were some cool How elements. Dare you. But it you is must, one of the great. You must have an IQ. yourself. It's an IQ. Everybody loves it. You must have an IQ of under 45 and love to eat like five burgers at Burger King at a sitting. That's the type of person who enjoys Man. this kind of movie. Race who stops at five? What's that about? Oh, these amateurs out there. My goodness. Start with five. My point is the Guardians episode. Look, there. I honestly, I rank these. And unfortunately, it's hard to work with because I have a 25-way tie for first place for best episode of the season. Weirdly enough, it coincidentally uh, uh, lines up with every episode that I won on this last season. But if I was to separate out some other episodes from that, uh, it would be obviously the Guardians, for me, the Guardians versus the Ninja Turtles, one of my favorite exercises we've ever done. These these are mental gymnastics that we're doing every single time we would do one of these episodes. And I love it when you give me somebody much more limited, like the Cloverfield Monster from last year's uh, uh, Shocktober to the Guardians in this one to NFL Super Pro, another one of my favorite episodes of the entire year. Without question, I would also go with uh, even though I didn't win, it's like the best of the ones that I didn't win. Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo was just such a wonderful uh, <laughs> setup to me. Uh, it I, was great. How, how yeah. do you even fight that one? But Agent 47 versus Kingpin absolutely hit me in, in all the good spots right there. Uh, as well as, you know what? Luke Skywalker versus Harry Potter. I wouldn't be surprised if that's our featured live matchup when the world finally mm. opens back up again. There's a lot of heat on that matchup. I appreciated our judge, Mr. Adam MacArthur, being a part of that episode. But that being said, he made the wrong decision. I'd love to take this one to a crowd and destroy you over and over again <laughs> in 2022 if and when we can open this gosh darn world back up again. That's the matchup I think we should do. That's interesting. I disagree, but I think I think that's I think that matchup's been talked a lot. I think we need we can do better, right? I think we can do better. But, you know, we'll leave that to the fans when the time comes up and the world's open and uh we'll see what we can do. You know, we had so many great matchups and I agree with you. Even some of the matchups we I lost were a lot of fun. I loved again Lobo versus Twilight Sparkle. That was just cuz I remember researching this thinking like, am I a am I a bad person for for thinking Lobo is going to like rip off the horn? 
of Twilight Sparkle and like he does stuff with people's bones and he's a horrible human, like whatever he is, not human. And he's doing this amazing character, Twilight Sparkle, the one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful of all of the My Little Pony ponies. I, I, I got to tell you, I loved everything about that. Now, we went to the fans and we said, what was your match of the year? What was the match that you say that was the one that just made me stand up and cheer? Love that. That's why I loved listening and being, you know, to who would win and being part of the Legion of Audience. So some of the fan favorites, Naruto versus Omni-Man. That was a big one. A lot of controversy big with one. that one as well. Yes. Lobo versus Twilight Sparkle. Fans are awesome. Iron Man versus Green Lantern. I think that one was popular because of Roger Craig Smith, just to be quite frank with that. But it was a great episode. Homer Simpson versus Peter Griffin. That resonated with people. That was really interesting. People, people, honestly, and I've seen the ratings for that episode. That episode really resonated with people. That's crazy. And the winner, believe it or not, is Homer Simpson versus Peter Griffin. Is that right? I'm not surprised. That was one of our most listened to episodes of season three. That is one that captured a lot of imaginations. It was, of course, a showdown September match. We don't like the always done matchups, but we do them in September to shut people up and because we like ratings <laughs> and money. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was an excellent, easy thing to put together. We were actually going to do a different matchup than that one for September, but it was suggested, and I'll say it, it was suggested on our Facebook page and it resonated so hard in that space that it made its way, pushed another matchup out the door. I'm sure we'll do for season four, September. And I'm telling you, you people don't think your suggestions get listened to hashtag. We listen. The, absolutely. It has happened many times where an audience suggestion has pushed a preconceived notion out the door in favor of itself. If it's strong enough, I would say if it's, strong enough it was like a james gabsy suggestion we'll definitely do it well, you know crazy. for hey, that go ahead can, Brent. can i say what i loved about the uh homer simpson versus peter griffin episode was it was just it was just two family guys without a lot of dough thank you <laughs> uh that was fantastic brent pope executive vp of uh who i mean win. great one great one sir thank yes, you that was awesome appreciate it um, insert laughter. You know, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know this. It resonated a lot with people who are dads who listen to the show. So, Ray, if you recall, if you recall, the last point that I made that I think really got our judge to see my point of view was when Peter Griffin looked at his, you know, they're both people are like on the ground. They're beaten horribly. They've got to pull some type of inner strength from somewhere, but they're depleted. So Peter looks over at his family, you know, gaining strength from Lois, from Brian, maybe, maybe from Chris Stewie, who knows? But then he looks at Meg and says, shut up, Meg, you know, and just no. And then Homer looks over and he sees, you know, um, uh, what's a uh, Marge, you know, Bart kind of pisses him off or whatever. He still loves him. And then he sees little uh, Maggie, but then he sees Lisa. And Lisa's like, I need you to win, Dad. And that's what put Homer over. Um, I got so many direct messages and tags, whatever, from dads who listened to the show and said, that was like crazy. That was ridiculous. That's exactly how Homer would win that battle. I'm not proud of that one, just to be quite frank. Because that, yeah. that, was, that was a cheap way I won. What was rewarding for me is you tried, yeah, it was a cheap way for you to win. You're not proud of it. You tried it again in the Krillin versus Booster Gold matchup. I sure did. Almost verbatim remount of that argument. And what I appreciated is what I knew and you didn't know is that Robert Clark Chan, the judge for that battle, has a heart of stone. <laughs> Fatherhood has not changed him. No, it a has not. Bit. So if you want to try that argument with some judges, it's going to work, but not. With that particular judge. Mental um, note was made. Mental note was made. You know, do not tug at the non-existent heartstrings of a Robert Clark chant. Don't do it. And one thing that we debuted in season three, I don't think it's on our docket, but I want to mention it. Redemption battles. Mm. Players, uh, characters who have lost in previous seasons have a chance to get done again. And they haven't, I don't think, have a winning record in these redemption matchups. But we've been doing them to take a second bite of the apple. And I think we're going to see a lot more of them in season four because now we have three seasons worth of losers to pick from. Robocop, you know, lost twice. Uh, we had Predator on twice, but one win, one loss. Michael Myers, who you repped, lost twice. Uh, I'm seeing a pattern, but I love the redemption matches because it's a way to breathe life into a battle with a character we're already familiar with. Now, speaking Ray's of familiar, lost twice, Ray's lost twice also in the three seasons, right? So is Ray going to be on a redemption match since he's lost two of this? <laughs> How dare you? 
Brent Pope, in closing, what were you know, give us your final thoughts, your closing thoughts on season three of Who Would Win? I thought it was the best season yet. Obviously, it gets better every season. Uh, you and Ray continue to find different various ways to make arguments and expound upon the great ways you have already learned to do arguments. I think that Ray has turned into less of just a sledgehammer and more nuanced. And James, I think you've uh, branched out in different ways too. You already started, I think you started off with a little more nuanced ways than Ray, and you have that sledgehammer also. But I think you both kind of met each other in the middle, even though Ray gets much more mad when he loses. That's fair. That's fair. It's not fair. That's not fair. That's why. I mean, you this know, is Ray? all that this is all that Ray's got, Brent Pope. I mean, like, what? What? I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's fair. <laughs> these are far. These are fair statements. I uh, I do agree with you that season three was our best season yet, and I can't wait for season four. Ray Stakanas, tell the Legion of Audience if you could describe. What you're expecting for season four, how would you do so? Pain. You should get that checked. Is it still hurting? I'm expecting a lot of pain for you, James. Yes, that's my Mr. T from Rocky Three impression. (laughs) A great movie that you failed to gut on gutting the sacred cow. Even the, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I could do better next time. Next time I'm on the show, I'll do better. You know what I won't do? I won't try to take a great movie like Highlander and try to convince people it wasn't absolutely fantastic. Look, it's one of their most successful guttings of all time. I don't know what to tell you. That's fair. I'm pretty great. That's fair. All right. Uh, you know, listen, for season four, there's going to be a lot more surprises, a lot more announcements. We're going to make the show bigger and better. Uh, there's stuff that we're always working on for the show. I get asked by uh, different fans, you know, directly and sometimes through, you know, social media posts, what have you, like how much bigger do you think who would win's going to get? And, you know, the reality is this really isn't anything yet. We're going to be pushing, growing the communities and uh, some big surprises on the way. I'm going to leave it at that. But again, you can always expect great matchups from both Ray and myself and the Who Would Win team. So with that being said, Brent Pope, Executive VP of Who Would Win, thank you so much for being part of the wrap-up episode for Season 3. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you online. You can find me online on Instagram uh, and on Twitter at Scoops Pope and also on my verified Facebook page, Brent Pope actor page. You can find me at all those places and also at the brentpope.com where you can find my show Breakfast with Brent Pope. All the episodes are there or wherever you listen to podcasts. Love it. Ray Cicadas, congrats on all the success for season three. I know you came up a little short, but you know what? You gave it a good run. It was uh, You were a great competitor. I, I just you know can't see doing the show with anyone who has anywhere near your talent or expertise. Tell everyone where they can find you online. Look at you buttering me up. That's not how you were talking to me after you lost season two. That's how I know you're full of malarkey. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I want you to come on. Join me there. We're going to celebrate a lot of Victory Fridays this year. We're going to celebrate a heck of a lot. Sounds good to me. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, the Geek and Game community, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.